What is up, everybody? It's What's What with Wyatt Wilkes. This is your host, Wyatt Wilkes. Y'all have been calling for it. Y'all have been asking for it. And now it's back. We got Malik Osborne on the show today. But first, I just wanted to say, What's What with Wyatt Wilkes is now officially sponsored by Staying In. Staying In is a meal prep service that teaches you how to cook your favorite restaurant meals at home. All you have to do is log on to stayinginonline.com and choose your meal from the restaurant. Your food will be picked up and delivered to you the next day at a given delivery time. Staying In then provides a video from the restaurant chef teaching you exactly how to cook your meal. Delivery is free for the month of July. Now, full disclosure, I own the company. So does Will Miles, so does Harrison Prieto, so does Jake Seaman. Three of those people are basketball players, myself included. And, uh, you know, we really just wanted to bring a higher quality meal prep service to you. Uh, we... When you when you eat the food, it tastes just like the restaurant, if not better, because you're making it at home. You're learning exactly how to do it. We're giving you a video from the restaurant chef showing you exactly how to cook your meal. You can't mess it up. City approved. Uh, so, you know, just wanted to let you know it's my company. Um, and if you want to sponsor us, reach out to me. Uh, reach out to the show. Um, find me on Instagram. Uh, give your suggestions. Um, make me an offer. Hey, I'm my own agent these days. You know, it's new rules. We'll get into that later. But we got Malik Osborne on the show. Uh, he's, a, he's a character. Should be a really good time. Thanks for listening. Thanks for coming back. And uh, let's get this thing started. Three, two, and we're live. Malik, how you doing, buddy? Doing well. Why? How about yourself? Uh, I'm doing great. Practice later today. We're knocking this out. We've been saying we're going to do it for two weeks, but we haven't because... We're incredibly busy. Yeah, of course, always. <laughs> always busy. Uh, well, thanks for coming on. I've wanted to have you on for a while. People have been asking me to have you on for a while because <laughs> you're an interesting guy. Ah, I like that. I like <laughs> All that. All right, so uh, basically, like, usually how I start off is, uh, you know, just say, give us a short backstory where you're from, childhood. People want to know who you are, you know. FSU fans, are, uh, they, they love their players. They they. They want to know. Uh, they want to know how you grew up. So of course. Give me, give me a little backstory. Maybe I might throw in a couple questions. Okay. Yeah. Uh, um, hi, everybody. I'm Luke Osborne. Uh, grew up in Madison, Illinois. It's in the south suburbs of Chicago. Uh, pretty quiet town, but um, you know, I grew up with both my parents and a little sister. Um, started playing basketball when I really got into eighth grade. That's really when I took it seriously, and then um, you know, went to high school. Played on a. Played on. My freshman team, my freshman year, my sophomore team, my sophomore year, and uh, didn't make the team my junior year. Uh, this was at my first high school, Marion Catholic High School, and then I ended up transferring my senior year. So what you're saying is it's a Michael Jordan story? I ain't saying I'm like <laughs> Mike, but I'm trying to be, <laughs> but I'm trying to be as close as possible. But yeah, uh, it, so you didn't make the freshman team? No, I, I didn't make the junior team. Didn't make the okay. So wait, how's that? So, when so I was in high school. It was freshman team, JV, and then varsity. Yeah. So pretty much what I'm saying is that my junior year I didn't make varsity, and uh, that was kind of a, a interesting time in my life. It uh, showed me pretty much who I was. It was a very character building. Uh, I was kind of confused and lost during that situation, but. It's what made me what I am today, uh, the player I am today, the person I am today, being able to push through adversity, being able just to uh, persevere uh, and just uh, being able to maintain my self-confidence through through the toughest times as well. So that was a very crucial part of my life. And so then what did you do when you did like when you didn't make the team? Mm-hmm. What, what, what's your next step? What are you doing? Are you just hitting the gym every day trying to get better mm-hmm. like for that year? Or did you go play somewhere? What, like, how, how'd that work? What was your first step? So my first step, I mean, it was kind of a, first of all, it, it was a shock, you know, not making the team because I was 
clearly able to make the team. I was skilled enough. I was six so six at the time. Politics. Yeah, a lot of politics that kind of went into it. So I kind of was on the, the the negative end of the politics. But um, yeah, as soon as I did make the team, uh, I, for a month or so, I kind of was just experiencing being a regular student. You know, it just was. That? that was uh, you know what? <laughs> Looking back on it, in hindsight, it, 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 it had a lot of free time, but it also was a uh, it was a, a big growth period for me. Uh, like mentally, you know. Uh, Who would you say helped you out the most with that? I would say uh, my dad did. My dad, being an athlete himself, my mom was also an athlete, but my dad just being able to experience some somewhat the same thing. Uh, he just was uh, giving me words of encouragement, you know, words of advice, telling me that if I let, if I let, if I just stop playing basketball and I just. Uh, just let it all go then the coach pretty much wins you know I kind of did everything that he wanted me to do and and that's not what I wanted to do he told me that when I was younger I wanted to be a professional athlete and so this is just all part of the process and you know I, I took that and I embraced that and then like you said before I had I started working out I started working out frequently probably uh four t- four to five times a week uh lifting and then also just skill wise working with the trainer and just just getting everything right so that I couldn't be denied being on the team next year like it was just I was just undeniably good and so that was the plan the whole year I worked out uh, I lifted I got stronger uh, skill wise you know shot was better handles were better it just was it, w- it was a so I, it was a good thing it was definitely day. a good thing at the end of the day it was almost like redshirting in high school did, did, okay so like if you at least for me when I don't play for you know X amount of time and I'm just like working out I'm not playing were you it, it I come back and it's different. Like yeah. it feels weird almost. Like did yeah. you did you make it a point to uh, you know try to play pickup or like what what were you trying to do like so that you could come back in a flow? Uh, I played a lot of pickup uh, when I was training with my with my trainer. Okay, so you just find games. Yeah, I would find games. I mean, I lived to my uh, I lived right next to my rec center, so usually okay, when that I helps. yeah that yeah, helped yeah, a yeah. lot. That was that it and it was recently built at the same time too. So it was like when I, once I got there. There was already just like it, it was a new facility, so there was a lot of people already just coming in, and then it was a lot of levels of competition. Um, I had, I mean, at first I, I played with kids in, in my grade, but then as I saw that, I started to get better, and my skills were starting to improve. I started playing with the uh, the older guys, the grown men, and you know, really just kind of honing my skills in on on the grown men and trying to just just sharp sharpen my skills because I know if I can play with the grown men, then I'll be able to play with the kids in my age group. So yeah, one thing I always like. I lived by, um, like, my middle school had courts, and it was, like, it, like adjacent to a really big park. Yeah. And I used to ride my bike over there every night and play basketball or, like, stay after practice. Because mm-hmm. my middle school ended at, like, 4 o'clock. Yeah. Like, 4.30 or something. So I would just hang out for a couple of hours. All the guys would get off work. Right. You know, show up in Tim's, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. like, the, the, the cutoff shirt, the yeah. cargos. Yeah. And just be getting buckets. Just <laughs> getting know, buckets, and talking man. talking that trash, dude. Yeah. That's where, that's where I originally learned how to talk trash. Like just playing on those courts as a kid, just you know, you got a grown man. I, I remember one distinct story was I like I was playing and a guy, I went to the basket, guy just knocked me down, and right. I just refused to call fouls, back, yeah. especially back then, just because like you know I'm one of the only kids out there, right? And like I want that respect, like I want to be like tough, you know what I mean? So like, I just wouldn't call a foul. And the guy says some unchoice words, mm-hmm. some choice words, right? right. Um, and I didn't really know how to how to deal with that. And right. another guy was like, "Man, next time you get the ball, you gotta tell him you gonna funk him." 
Mm-hmm. And he's like, you got to get on him. Like, mm-hmm. You got to go score on him. You got to get in his face. And right, I was like, well, right. I'm in seventh grade. I'm, yeah. t- I'm super uncomfortable. And lo and behold, next to the, you know, next possession, everybody, like, those guys made sure I got the ball. They made mm-hmm. sure they cleared out of the side. Hey, not the best basketball, but as far as trash talking goes, that was probably the, the start, the beginning for me. Just, the, you know, those guys were out there. They, uh, you know, some of those guys worked – you know, two double shifts. They're out there <laughs> playing. You know, I'm I'm feeling tired because I just got done with school. Yeah, you know, and they're they're just out there having fun. Right. But um, so usually I, I before I do an interview or a podcast, I go out and I um ask a couple of fans that I know and uh, some questions to ask. Yeah. Usually I wait a little bit longer, but uh, I think this one is is a solid um question to follow up your kind of backstory with. For with sure. I, I'm sure you get this DM all the time, as, as do <laughs> I. So I figured, um, I you know, maybe try to help some people out. But the the question was um, from a fan, and they said, "What's your best advice on how to get seen by college coaches and play at the next level?" So right. obviously, we get that quite a bit. Yeah, but what, what would you say? What, what's your best advice? Uh, what I tell a lot of uh, a lot of kids who who are just trying to are interested in just getting exposure and you know just trying to find the best way to get a scholarship, I tell them just to go out to camps, go out to as many camps as you can. You know, get exposure. Uh, one of my things that I felt like kind of uh, hindered me a little was that I didn't play on a big enough platform when I was younger. Like, did you play AAU? I did play AAU, but I didn't play on the circuit. I didn't play on the EYBO. Okay. I didn't play the Adidas Gauntlet. I didn't play Under Armour, Reebok, none of that. Uh, my tournament, I mean, my team, my AU team was ran by my dad. So, mm-hmm. you know, it was by my dad and some of my friends, uh, friends' father. So it really was just like we just kind of did a lot of local tournaments. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, I when we played, our national tournament was, was in Illinois. Like, everything stayed locally because also we just didn't have the money for it as well. But it just was like we didn't know how serious the kids were on the – on the team, so we just kind of kept it where it was budget friendly, but then a, a decent amount of exposure. And from that point on, I was able to get some some D two looks, some some NAI looks. I think I think if you are good enough to play, you'll be found. Yeah, as I long definitely as you're agree. playing somewhere, right? High school is uh, somewhere. I think if you're good enough, you'll you'll be seen. Yeah. Somebody will hear about you. Right now, whether you go to the level that you're supposed to go to, maybe not. Like you went to Rice, right? I mean, obviously, you're a higher Division One player. Yeah, but I mean, for you, that was just a stepping stone, right? You know, so, which I, in my, that's totally okay, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. And I think that it also goes the opposite way, where you see a lot of guys. Get they have a ton of D two offers, right? And then they get that one D offer, D one offer, and then they go to D one. And right. the next thing you know, you see them two years later, they're transferring back to D two, right? Where which you know that's you guys like go to the level you're recruited at, in exactly. my opinion. But uh, usually, what I I tell people is work harder than you think you have to, mm-hmm. because there's another guy down the block or down the street or across the neighborhood or uh, on the other side of the state, yeah, and he's working out harder than he thinks he should, and mm-hmm. and, he, and that's already double you, yeah. So you got to become what I tell people: you got to become an animal, right? In my like, you, you got to be in there every day, mm-hmm. work on your craft, hone it, become right. a good a good basketball player, not a good ball handler, not a good shooter, not a good. Uh, def- good basketball player all around. Work on all facets of the game, mm-hmm. and then really just <clears throat> play. You got to play somewhere, <laughs> right? You know, I'm not saying you got to go play on the EYBL circuit. I'm for I played for Southeast Elite, and we most like that's on the Adidas circuit. And most people don't know, but for the first two or three years, we were a team. 
we were independent. Like, I'm sort of like sleeping eight, nine guys doing Motel 8, right. you know, doing the whole thing. Yeah. You know? And um, it, that, in, I, honestly, I love that mm-hmm. experience. I wouldn't trade it for anything. But, you know, once we got on the circuit, yeah, there's definitely more coaches, I would say, just because yeah. they're more centralized. Right. But I think the first step is just really becoming a great basketball player Not, at, yeah. at, at any age. Right. You know, and, and obviously working on your body, take care of your body. But I think the first step is becoming, you see a lot of, a lot of guys, you know, they're trying to get seen by coaches and they can't dribble with their left hand. Right. You know. Yeah, so. I, yeah no, I definitely agree. That's, I mean, a, that's one of those things that I tell the kids too, is just to not to focus on just points. Like, even though you think like basketball is a simple game where it's like, oh, the more points you score, you win. And then after that, you know. That means the more scholarships oh. you'll get. Oh, hey, Matthew. Uh, my roommate, uh, Matthew Cleveland, just uh, walked in the door, interrupting oh. the podcast. Guys. I'll def- oh, there he is. I'll definitely have him on. I know a couple of you have been asking. Um, you know, he's a busy guy. He's always sleeping and eating, um, occasionally going to the gym, you know. But, um, <laughs> all right, so to, sorry to interrupt. No, but, you're uh, okay. To move on from that, it would be like how – Okay, so obviously, long season left. Hey, long hey, season. Matthew, would you mind shutting that door, buddy? Oh, thank you. Um, <laughs> great guy. Great guy. Um, so, long season. Yeah. Grueling. Uh, even though we played yeah. less games, it felt like about 10 years. Yeah. Um, how have you been, both physically and mentally? I think, obviously, mentally would be the bigger question since the season has ended. Obviously, we're back started for this upcoming season, but... I just think that you know, a thing a season like last season can can definitely can stick with you. Yeah. You know? So how, how have you been since then? Uh, what did you do after the season to kind of recover and um, get back to like mentally at least where where you were maybe prior to last season? Uh, I mean, mentally, I really just kind of took a just decompress from basketball. You know, uh, like you said, the season uh, Pat this past season has been a very long season. You know, and then I mean. You, you know, just like I know that, oh, it, I know. that that you know, what I'm saying it, it, we had we had some very rough times, especially coming around the holidays, just not being able to be around our families during such a such, such a you know, what I'm saying a, a time that we're we're used so used to being around them. And not, so not going home for Christmas, it 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 hurt. It did. It, it definitely. It, it was really tough. Yeah. At least I know for me, that was the first Christmas I've ever had where I wasn't home, didn't see any family, um, and it, it was hard. Yeah. It really was. I think it, it's things like that that over time. The, the, that was a big thing, but mm-hmm. the little things too—they take a toll. Yeah, you know. Uh, did you have anything, any um, anything that mentally like you, you changed you a little bit from being in the bubble? Uh, uh, as far as like you saying, like does anything like kind of just sway my my mentality? Yeah, when it, yeah, yeah. Just because just I know look, for people that don't know, we were. Uh, in a bubble for roughly what was it, a month, month and a week, yeah. something like that, Months where uh, we were pretty much in rooms by ourselves. And other than that, we were we were not really uh, other than basketball and food. We weren't really allowed to go do anything. On occasion, we would go. Uh, we'd be let out into like a a baseball field or something to yeah. like throw a football or something like that. But other than that, we were pretty much just in our rooms. Yeah. Um, I know it affected me. Did did that affect you in any any way? Yeah, it definitely was a it was an interesting interesting experience. You know, uh, you know, you, March Madness. You think it's just such this celebratory time. You know, congratulations being the final teams left in college basketball to still be competing and also competing on on such a, a big stage. But you know, it, it felt like it didn't really feel like a a celebratory event. You know, that is a great point. Yeah. It really didn't. It. it 
I, I obviously the NCAA did what they had to do. Yeah, they to have it, they had to be safe. Right, and th- that's just that's how it is. But that being said, it almost felt a little bit like a punishment mm-hmm. being there slightly. Right, and we and we had some. At least I had some former teammates, and I know just we have had some former teammates that said, you know, after they lost, that you know they could almost feel it coming. Mm-hmm. You know, they were. They were they were done before they got there. Yeah, you know, and I think that that's sad. I think that you don't get the full full experience of the they or the NCAA tournament when yeah. when it feels like that. Yeah, and I, to me, that's a shame. Yeah, but for me, like one funny thing that I was doing was when we first got back. I, I have a balcony, um, and I was standing in front of the window with, like, <laughs> arms crossed thinking, man, I wish I could go out there. <laughs> and be like, wait a minute, I can. <laughs> I was grabbing my weird credentials in the bubble. I'm grabbing credentials when I'm running out of the door. I'm getting, de- like, halfway down the street to my car. <laughs> I, I realized I have my credentials on. People were like, whoa, who's this guy? Some guy important. Um, yeah, no, nah, man, that was it, it. Was it was the just the monotony of the season uh, was definitely difficult. Yeah, man, and then just being in March Madness and having our families there, you know, and not being able to see our, to interact yeah. with our families after the game. Like, you know, you win a game and it's like survive in advance, and every game should feel like it, you should feel a, a little bit of a little bit of glory. Uh, you know what I'm saying? A little bit. You should uh, at least be able to go. You know. Yeah, yeah, at least, hug, at least hug your mom, your mom uh, <laughs> hug your dad or something like after the game. But just, you know, being able to see them in the distance behind behind a gate. And, you know, the security guy telling me that you can't go see your family. You could wave at them, though. And it was well, like that's, now. That's almost even worse. Yeah, it, it was even worse. And so I'm like, now I'm like, I'm on the bus FaceTiming my mom and my dad talking about talking about the game and how good it was. It just was, it, it was rough. It was rough. Very, very tough on, uh, not, I know it just wasn't us, but just a lot of teams mentally. I think everybody kind of felt the same way. I definitely well, agree. One thing that, like, that last season, I mean, I'm a big hobby guy, okay? So, for, I know you know this, but yeah. for for uh, anyone that doesn't know, love hobbies, love doing different things. Um, well, I, I, I think I realized probably pretty early on during the season last year that if I didn't have those things, I would go insane. Yeah. Uh, like I, for people, I, I love bow hunting, um, fishing, things like that. Any any chance I could, um, and especially those things in particular, where I'm not near other people and I can be safe doing it. Um, you know, where I'm not putting the team at risk of Corona or anything like that, where I'm just by myself, I would try to do them. And for me, like doing a hobby, I think kind of saved me mentally throughout the season. Because if I Definitely. hadn't have done those things, if I hadn't have taking my mind off the game from mm-hmm. just being inside constantly or being in the gym, uh, I think I would have went nuts. No, nah, Did, did you agree. have any, like, have you developed any hobbies because of that? Or have you, do, like, what do you do outside of basketball where well, you can take your mind off the game? Because I think last season everybody that was involved with it from, like, the top to the bottom realized the importance of mental health where it's not just basketball. It can't right. be. You have to have something else. Right. Um, you know, some some guys, it's movies. Other guys, you know, it, it, just something. It, do you have one of those things? Did you yeah. develop anything like that? Yeah, I mean, definitely during the corona times, I had some, I had my own hobbies. Like, I like to play video games quite a bit, but also I had some, some hobbies that resurfaced. You know, I, 
I started painting again. I started drawing again, and you really? know, yeah. And so, I, and then uh, went, and then I had uh, some some puzzles that I did. Did like a five hundred piece puzzle. Then I did a two thousand piece puzzle. It You're was just a stronger man than I. Man, I what? can't. I, those things drive me off a wall. Yeah, that that was like. It was like at first I was like, man, this is this is taking forever. But then I realized I just had all the time in the world because you know it it, it was all about we were we were quarantined. We were basically isolated in the room. So it was at that time it was like either think about basketball or or nothing else. And I was like, I, I got to think about something else because basketball was just it was it was just such a big part of my life to the point where I almost felt like it was kind of taking over my life because mm-hmm. that's all we knew. It was either stay in our room or go to the gym. Literally yeah. all we did. Oh, we did for uh, six months. Seven, yeah, eight months. Six, seven, eight months, and and it felt like we literally lived at the gym. Like we we went to the gym, and then if the food wasn't delivered to us at the flask, I mean, it was delivered to us at the gym. It was yeah. either one or the other, and then we could, you know, what I'm saying we couldn't go out, we couldn't be around amongst our fans or our friends or whoever who are waiting for us or, or expecting us to be out there. And it was like, you know, these are different times and we want to protect our season and what we have going on because, you know, it's just not, we're not just talking about our careers, we're talking about our other teammates' careers as well. Mm-hmm. So, like, you know, if, if we're on a pause, then that hurts somebody, not, not only hurts us, but it hurts somebody else as well. So it just mm-hmm. was like, nobody wants to be that person that, you know, put, put somebody the, else's career yeah. in jeopardy. And yeah, that, That's what I was really worried about. Yeah. You know, you I, know. I just, there was too much risk involved with, the chance of uh, like I'm not as I wasn't I don't think ever worried about as much about myself. Yeah, I'm thinking about you know Turk and I'm thinking about MJ and, and I'm Scotty. thinking about those, like Scotty those guys like that you know you know that the next year like as much game film as they can get like the better you know right. so yeah I'm I'm not saying like. That I wasn't sitting there going, man, I can't do that because if I like if I test positive, then it's all gonna no. I'm not, yeah. it's not all on me. That's not the point. The point is the team, right? Like, who Coach Ham would go like lose his mind if he had, didn't have basketball. Exactly, <laughs> so, not for real. So, uh, it, it, it definitely took a toll. It was definitely tough, but I, I think that I actually think it ended up being a good thing because people figured out that it can't be the only thing. And I think if if you have other things that you can do, it makes you better. Right. Like if you have some time off, now I'm not saying get get consumed by said hobbies. Of course, whatever. Obviously, that's not what we're saying for anyone listening. What we're saying is just you need a, a couple hours a day where you're not totally consumed by your sport or by school. You need a couple hours where you mentally you can turn off. Like Malik was talking about a puzzle. For me, I was sitting in a tree in the middle of the woods with no cell service. <laughs> you know, it's a that, but but in this instance, that's the same thing. Because we're both mentally somewhere else so that when we do go back to play, we can be really 100% focused. And I think that is really that, – that, that's what I learned most from last season, I think, is just the mental health side of things. Yeah. And because I had never really even thought about it before. Right. Like, honestly, like, I don't struggle personally with mental health usually. Mm-hmm. Um, so I never, really, I never really thought about it. Right. Um, but I think this season really made me – I would. I don't know if empathetic is the word, but I just I understand it more. I, yeah. I get it, and I think that at the end of the day, it ended up being a good thing for me, at least personally. But um, yeah, no, I'd be able. Yeah, the so, hobbies definitely. I mean, I mean, for people listening, it's it's similar to like like work. Like we're at our job every single day, and 
if you think it's not healthy to think about your job all day, every day, you need a release. You need something. That's a great way to put you, it. you need something to take your mind off of it. Because when you take something, when it takes your mind off of it, you come back with a, a more refreshed mentality. You know, it, it, that allows for for more creativity, for more energy, for more enthusiasm. Because now you don't have the constant force of your job weighing you down. Now you have this release. Now it's like a restart mentally, and now you can go back an even better employee or an even better player. So. Hobbies well are said. yeah, hobbies well are said. essential. Yeah, well said. All right, so next question from a fan. This kid is twelve, uh, and he asks, "What makes you a great basketball player?" Hmm. Good question. Great question. Is in honestly, one, honestly, yeah, honestly, it's not <laughs> it's as simple, simple as you think. It's not as simple as you think. What makes what makes somebody a great basketball player? It, no, it, I think I I think he meant it as in what makes you me a, a great basketball player. Yeah, so you personally, okay. Um, so let's. Uh, how about you say what you think, and then I'll say what I think. Okay. We'll go from there. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I feel like what makes me a, a, a great basketball player uh, is just uh, first of all, I would say my energy. You know, being enthusiastic, being a, a team player is the first. I think the first thing that what makes me a great basketball player. Uh, a lot of people probably think that your stats is what makes you a great basketball player, but it's the intangibles. It's being uh, being a good teammate, being supportive, being uh, being open to coaching. You know having a, a positive a positive aura around you that all that stuff is what helps make you a great basketball player and a lot of people uh and i was I test that a lot of players on the next level could, could say the same thing but uh going from just that uh then it goes to if we're going to the skill set i feel like I, I have a great motor you know I, I like to rebound i like to defend uh and then uh i've been working on my shot a lot so i would say my my pick and pop catch and shooting is what also kind of helps me become a, a, a better basketball player. Uh, of course, there's more things that I need to work on, but as far as right now, I think those are the things that, that kind of separate me from some other players uh, throughout the country. I think you're correct. <laughs> I, I think the you have, you have that go button, that go switch, that it, you, you can teach it, but it's extremely difficult. It's one of those things. In my opinion, there's only there's two things you can't teach in basketball, and that's passing. You can teach someone how to pass, but you can't make them a great passer. Correct. And the ability to catch. Yeah. Now you can make somebody a little bit better at catching. Maybe teach them how to how to catch. Yeah. But that doesn't mean they're going to catch it. Right. Right. Those two things I think are are nearly nearly impossible. Now, can you get better at them? Yes. Of course. Can you perfect them if you start at a not so great level. I'm. I don't. In my opinion, I don't think so. Yeah. Um. That doesn't mean you can't be a great basketball player if you can't learn those two things. That's not what I'm trying to say. But I think motor you can teach. It's just extremely difficult. Right. You have to learn how to play hard. And right. if you already play hard, then that is a gift. Yeah. You know. So I think number one over anything else, you just you got that you, you got that motor. You got that thing in you where mm-hmm. there's just you know that ball's on the floor. You're gonna be first. Yeah. You're gonna be first to it. Got you know, I'm not like I feel the same way in that aspect. If I see that ball rolling and there's a guy to my right, I'm not thinking about oh well if I dive right here and this guy lands on me then like, yeah well, no I'm I'm just on it. I'm just right. gonna dive whether I get it or not. I'm I'm going down. You know right and I. I think that's number first and foremost. That's what makes you great. Second, that closely relates to that is work ethic. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're not you, you. You never say like I, I never say. Oh, where's Malik? Huh? Like, we're we're at the gym. We're about to start. Where where is he? Yeah. You know, if you're late, you got a good reason. Right. But you're gonna you're gonna get there. Yeah. You're always in the gym. Right. You're always working on your body. Right. I think those things 
first of all, right there is work ethic and motor. Boom, you're there. And then, like, if you have that to start, yeah, you can develop skills around it. Exactly. Like it, exactly. a lot of guys. Like you see a lot of guys in the NBA with a, with a lot of skill, and they got no juice. No juice whatsoever, man. And, and it's just like you. Like sometimes I watch, and I'm just like, man, like if that guy played a little harder, right? He, he'd be an all star, right? You know, not, not to say any names, but just you know, like you, 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 if you watch basketball, you know who I'm talking about. You yeah, and. I think those things, you know, to answer um, your question, um, fan, <laughs> who will not be named, um, is just he plays really hard, he works really hard, and he develops skills around the, those two intangibles that make him a great basketball player, right. make him a great player for FSU, most importantly. Um, you can score a whole lot of points and not be good for FSU basketball. Exactly. I think that that's the most interesting thing about our team. Yeah. Is you can you can score zero points and have a huge impact on this team. Exactly. Like in a game, like play in play major minutes and you can have a big impact. And that's what makes us so good. That's what makes us so hard to guard. That's what makes us um, you know, one of the premier programs in the country now where people fear playing us and a good finishing team as well good, it, we've won oh man I so wish, many games I wish Coach Jones standing right here to give us the right analytics now. really to give, to give us that number i know he knows it yeah he it's does got, i think last year was like we've won like like what 24 out of 25 overtime games yeah or i think we broke the record for that yeah for most, most wins in overtime yeah I don't, I don't know how many we had last year it was uh was indiana overtime indiana was overtime we won that okay, we won that yeah, game so in overtime I don't. I can't. Man, honestly, last year just runs together. Dude. Yeah, it, it was all just. It just all was just mashed into yeah, one. It, I just, <laughs> but yeah, but I mean, just our, our chemistry and our and our morale and our cohesiveness is what is what makes us such a unique program. A lot of teams you'll see, like you said, have so much talent, but they don't have no chemistry. They don't. They have a whole bunch of guys that are for themselves, and that's what destroys a program. And you know, Coach Ham and, and the rest of the coaching staff does such a good job of recruiting high character guys, not high-profile guys, not five-star guys, just high-character guys. Well, I, you're exactly right. And I guess we're going to go to the third question. Okay, so we're going to get to the name, image, and likeness and the transfer stuff, which everybody wants to hear about. We're going to get there. Yeah. But first, um, I guess this question, is you kind of just almost answered it. Oh. But um, what do you love most about FSU? Oh, man, yeah. It's, there we go. Uh, the guys, the, the the chemistry, the coaching staff, the just – the, the, the overall atmosphere of FSU, especially just the basketball team. I've never been on a team that's been so cohesive, that's been so unselfish, so giving, you know, and just and just so selfless. Like, everybody here wants to see the next guy on the right or the next guy on their left do better than even themselves. Like, and, and that's what I feel like is just so special. And, and it's contagious, too. It just it bleeds through the team. Uh, I mean, I catch myself a lot of times just screaming harder for – so next man's dunk than I than I from my than my own dunk, you know, because it's like I expect myself to do that, but you know when I when I see my other teammates out there prospering, you know, doing what they're supposed to do, having success, it, it makes me feel good because I know that everybody else takes care of themselves, but but once you know you start seeing the success for yourself, it's just you know it, it's it's gratifying, you know, it's it's, it's really, really special. It's really interesting because we all say the same exact thing, right? So and then people are like, oh, like you, oh, like you almost think like a script. It's almost, it, almost like a script, right? Yeah. And, and the thing is, it isn't at all. Like none of us are like ever sit around and we're like, oh, it, like and the guy on your right, the guy on your left is just as happy. No, like none of us ever yeah. do that. But you always hear the same thing, and I think that's really a testament to like what it really is like to be on this team. Like we. 
truly enjoy hanging out with each other and we're truly happy for each other, which I think that's what I love most about. Yeah, for I think sure. that's what you could ask anybody on the team, at least ones that have been here that have, you know, played games where like I hit a three, like you said, I, I expect that, mm-hmm. you know, like I, I'm not, I'm not sitting there like, Oh my gosh. Yeah. Wow. Like you're, like you're so good. No, yeah, I'm, like, I'm, I'm the thinking about defense. Nah, nah. You know, exactly. but like I got a teammate that hits a big three. I'm I'm so elated for them. Like exactly. I'm so happy for them, and so is everybody else. And I know that if I hit a shot, then everybody's gonna feel the same way for me. Like mm-hmm. I'm I'm happier to hit a shot for like my teammates than I am for my. Like I'm not looking to shoot for myself. Like like see why always says for us. He's shooting for us. Chief. Right. So like th- that's how I feel at least, and that's mostly like what I love most about like playing on this team. It's just everybody's for each other, and it it makes the game a lot easier. It does. Okay, so. On to what everybody wants to talk about first. Here we go. We're going to do the transfer rules real quick. Okay. Just because, um, you know, I, I think that's pretty prevalent right now, and it's going to yeah. change a lot of things. And then we'll move on to name, image, and likeness. Um, talk about that a little bit. So, obviously, transfer rules, you can transfer, you know, without having to sit out now. Yeah. Um, it's basically free agency. What are your thoughts? Do you like it? Do you dislike it? Um, well, are you neutral? Like, how do you feel about it? Uh, I mean, I kind of weigh in on – I would say I'm kind of neutral about it, um, especially being a, a transfer myself, um, having to sit out. And I, I found out that, you know, at first – when I first transferred from Rice to FSU – my initial thoughts were like, man, I wish I could play like right now. Like, why do I have to sit out a year? Mm-hmm. Like, this is like, I wish I would have, you know what I'm saying, came, da 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 da. But I'm like, I'm like, it, it was good for me. You know, the redshirt year was really good for me. It was very beneficial for me. And I don't think a lot of people don't understand that until it happens to them. And that's why I feel like, you know, if you do transfer, you should also have that, you should definitely have the option to, to sit out if you want to. But if you feel like you're eligible to play, then so be it. And I know that some people feel like they, they might feel like they may, uh, have a better opportunity somewhere else or whatever school they committed to wasn't offering what they said they were or a coaching change or or something or you know I know it I get it that it, you know athletes are humans too and life happens just the same way like that you might not get along with some people some things might not work out some things may change uh, some you might change your mind or something like it, I get it like you, you we're all humans too so I feel like giving them that that one safety net to have that that one free transfer. I actually I, I I like it and but also like the fact that if you do have that ability to transfer you could still redshirt to sit out because I think that's a great point. Yeah, it's it's, it's you know what I'm saying like well, it, I, mean, I it, think I think it helped you. It definitely because, helped me, especially coming from like you were playing the five at Rice. Exactly. So I mean that's a big transition from a five. Like obviously you you, you I mean you played the five like kind of your first year five four. Yeah. And then you know but I mean like you with the five it, we played differently. We it's played it completely more, differently. Yeah, yeah. Much more flow. Um, like spacing wise, spacing wise it yeah, just, it was it's, definitely it's a different, different offense, which yeah. is good for us. Um, but you, you were also handling the ball a bit. Like it was just, it was, it was just different. It's more dribble drive. Like yeah. But I, I think the the point that you made about you, you can still sit out a year. Yeah. Like I think I haven't even thought. About, I wasn't like I wouldn't have even said that. I didn't even think about that. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's a great point. Like, whenever you switch, like for people that don't know. There is so much to learn from program to program. Yes. It's absurd. Yes. Like, we're talking about hundreds of plays, schemes, um, and not only just learning the plays, but learning what situation that you need to use them in. We have plays for if they're out of bounds plays for if there's three seconds on the clock, five seconds, seven seconds, nine seconds, 15 seconds. We got end of game plays. We got full court plays mm-hmm. all the different times. You got to know the position. It, it's a lot to know. And 
physically, I think it can help you as well. Right. You know, especially if you're going up a level, you know, then, you know, you can really build your body up and get ready for that next year. Yeah, exactly. Where if you didn't take a redshirt year, it would hurt you. And I know redshirting sucks for redshirting my freshman year. Yeah. It, it, it's, it's definitely tough, but in some ways I think it helps. You know, you, you get older. Right. I mean, hey, I, I can't tell you how different I feel at 22 than I did at 18. Yeah. You know, it, it's just a different, it's a different thing. Hmm. You know, and I, I think, I think that's a great point. What I think is it's, when you add the one, like the same year transfer, you can play, and you have the national. Uh, um, well, brain fart can't talk, but mm-hmm. you you add the name, image, and likeness yeah, rules. I go. think it is basically going to become free agency every year. I I completely agree. Pretty pretty much. I pretty think that much. It, it's going to be one of those things where uh, you know a, a school, a big name, a big market per se, air quotes, mm-hmm. big market says you know sees a guy that maybe went somewhere else, not so happy. They're going to be like, hey, can you can put, come play here this year. Look, wait, look at our look at our players. They're getting all this money. All this, you money. know, it's it's all of a sudden it's becoming uh, kind of like we were saying earlier. It's almost becoming that job now. It, yeah. it, it is a job. It now. is becoming it's, a job. It, obviously, you're still here for school. That's not what I'm saying. Don't think that you can go to college and not go to school. That's unavoidable. Coach, uh, Coach Ham, if you ever listen to this, we still love school. We're still going to school. We, Don't we're worry. We're still going to class, Coach Ham. Still going to class. Please we're still do not class. flip out. <laughs> but but it is becoming. It, it's right on the verge of a job now. Yeah. We, we we already work like way over full full time hours. But on the monetary side of things, it is becoming quite more job-like than it has in the past. Yeah, but I felt like it, it kind of had to be like that, honestly, in my opinion. I, was, I think they made the right move. They, yeah, I felt, like, I felt like the kids nowadays, uh, especially in this generation, they've gotten smarter, you know? It's like, why do I want to go to school if I know that I could be a one-and-done anyways? Why, why take that necessary struggle? Why not just be a pro right now? And so they started finding loopholes in just avoiding college. Going, They've, to, G League, going, going, going to the G League, going overseas. There's been the NIL. Uh, I mean, there's a – I forgot. There's another league I forgot that, that's offering money. And, oh, I saw that. I can't yeah. Remember. What is the name of that? Uh, I, I, forgot, I think uh, I forgot the, the, the league, but they're offering kids like millions of dollars along with the G League. And I'm just thinking like, wow, that's that's genius. Why not bring these these highly, highly uh, high-status high kids – Highly recruited kids to the professional level and have them get paid and tell them, hey, bring you can bring this recognition to our league. We'll pay you. You can develop here and then you can go chase your dream. And I was like, wow, that is actually like genius. And the fact that the NCAA saw that they started losing out on a little money because all these kids that where they could have made a lot of money off of. Like Zion Williamson, they made a lot of money off of him, and he really didn't see much of that money, not even not even close to that much money. But if he would have had this, he would have been – I mean, it would have been completely different. I think it's going to save – I think it's really going to help with saving guys that maybe were edge one-and-done guys. Now, yeah. like, look, if you're, if you're the juice. If you're and the you, juice. And, you, and just straight off potential alone, which most draft picks are that right. are younger – if if you know you're gonna get drafted, regardless of whether you like, uh, for instance, a James Wiseman. James right. Wiseman was getting drafted, regardless, regardless where of where he went, how he played, whatever. Okay, right. so obviously he chose college, but that was just a an example. But let's just say those edge guys, where it could go either way. I think maybe the NIL 
stuff is mm-hmm. gonna is gonna entice them to come to college mm-hmm. instead of take that chance in the pros. Maybe they make that one year of money in the pros, right? But if they're fringe, they don't they, they're not sure about it. <clears throat> why not come get your education or at least start getting your education and still make some money, still be able to you know if if you do it right and you're you're in a good market and you're uh, you you're a good guy, you get some endorsements, whatever that may be. You know, you make some money, you can help out your family if that's what, what it's about, whatever it is. Uh, I think it'll at least entice some maybe fringe guys instead of taking that chance overseas or taking that chance in some other leagues, the G League, whatever it is, to maybe come to college and start their education. And who knows, maybe maybe it turns out they weren't good enough to get drafted. Well, now they're under scholarship and right. they get to go to four years of free school. Right. You know, and and maybe even still make some money on the side. And yeah. I think that that's really important. And I think it's going to end up being a really good thing for college basketball in general. I, I think you're going to see a lot more guys. I mean, Coach Jones, again, stati- statistician Coach Jones telling me the other day, he's saying, you know, there's triple or quadruple the number of guys that, are, that have entered their name in the draft and hired agents that, mm-hmm. that then there are spots available. Right. And you got to think t- at least 10 guys are coming from overseas. Yeah. So we're talking about 50, about 50, 51 spots, 52 spots, right, for Americans. Yeah. And there's – X amount, you know, let's just throw up 150 guys, 200 guys in, in the, that have entered their name in the draft and can't come back to college. Right. Right. I think that the NIL laws are, are going to maybe cut that number down. Definitely. Because there's money to be made in college now, and there's not going to be so much pressure uh, to, to go into the league, even though, even when you know you may not get drafted. You're not going to, they're like, they're, I, I, I think we're going to, now this is a total guess. I, mm-hmm. I'm, just, I'm just talking here, but I think yeah. we're going to see less. Uh, guys being like, okay, well, I'm gonna try to play my way into the draft, yeah, you know, just because like I'm flat broke, my family's flat broke, right? I'm flat broke, I need money, and I, I gotta take the chance. That's I think we're gonna a see great less point. of that. That's a great point, which I think is really good. I think I was about to say the same thing. I feel like that's a great point that that the fact that we uh, the NCAA is letting people making money off their name, image, and likeness. I feel like that takes a lot of uh, pressure off a lot of people, a lot of kids, a lot of families because. You know, just like you were saying, a lot of kids don't come from, you know, a very privileged background where, you know, they could be the first kid, the first person in their family to go to college. And now, you know, they got a family depending on them because of his potential. And he wants to make money, provide for his family, but he can't do it right now in college. And the fact that the college is able to pay for him, that that allow, that takes away them him trying to be to take off a of college too early and, and go to the league and then end up being in a bad situation anyways. Or it takes away from them having to go overseas cause, because, let's be honest, I mean, these are like 18-year-olds, 17-year-olds going overseas. You know their family doesn't want them to go overseas. Mm-hmm. It's just a way of providing for them. It's a way of them... It's something they feel that they have to do. Yeah, it's something they feel like they have to do. And the fact that they can get paid in college, now I bet these kids do want to go to college. They, uh, kids grow up seeing college, hearing about college, you know, uh, older family members telling them about college. Like, I'm pretty sure they do want to go there, but I know they also want to get paid as well. Mm-hmm. It's, it was a conflict. It's a, of, it's a conflict of interest. But now that this is happening, they can go to college where there were people in the same age group. They can develop safely within arm's reach, you know what I'm saying, in the within the country. And then they can they can go ahead and make them some money and help support their family and themselves on the side. And if they, like you said, if they're ready to play for the, at the next level, then that's that. And if they're not, then like you said, they ha- they're in the comfort of a college university, people who, who care about them and they're going to take care of them and make sure to look out for them as opposed to being overseas where it's like things don't work out. Well, you got a grown yeah. man telling them, telling yeah. you that 
hey, you, we can't do nothing with you, or they sending you back or whatever. So they'll, they'll stick you on a plane to wherever, and exactly. that's about it. They don't think anything more of it. Yeah, and you're, and you you're 17, 18 year old, and you're scared, and, and your family's scared for you. And you know, it's like, mm-hmm. it's just a whole bunch of risk has been eliminated by giving athletes the opportunity to make money in college. Yeah, I think I, I think obviously there's going to be some things, you know, that where there's some holdups here and there. I think, but I think at the end of the day, long past when we're out of here, I think it's going to end up being the best decision the NCAA ever made. Definitely. Uh, and I know they didn't want to do it, but they but I they mean, did it. It had so to be done. It, it had to be done. It uh, definitely had to I be think, done. I think I think the problem of people leaving was just going to get worse and worse, and the brand, the NCAA brand, and the and schools brands were going to keep deteriorating. Because right. it's going to keep getting watered down. You're not going to see as many old – like, we weren't seeing as many older players, uh, really good older players. You know, you got, like, one or two in the in the conversation for player of the year, three mm-hmm. or four five, whatever it is, where in reality it should be – every player that should be up for an award most of the time should be an older guy. Right. Like, if, like if, honestly. Yeah. You know, there's, there's just a distinct difference mentally and physically between a 22, 23, 24-year-old – than there is an 18-year-old. It, it's, it's just a fact. But I think, especially lately, the we just the people have been leaving early or simply not going to college because there has been no money there. None. And now I think we're kind of reversing that. We're kind of getting better. So more to, to kind of finish this up, more on like a personal note, are you, what are you doing? Are you signed with like a company? Are you signed with an agent? Are you kind of free, you know, going by yourself? Um, have you, do you have any plans uh, in terms of the NIL laws? Have you even thought about it? Do you, are you not worried about it? What, what's going on? I mean, I definitely thought about it, you know, being able to, Make money off off my image and likeness because I, you know it, especially being in the college town. You see all these tight, you see everybody with jerseys on, and they mm-hmm. they got jerseys with your number on it, and mm-hmm. you're like, man, like you got all these people buying these jerseys and, and, and representing not only just Florida State but but me because they bought my number specifically. Just because the name isn't on the back of it. Come on now, we know who you're talking about. We know who you're talking. about. We know exactly who you're talking about. You know, so you know, I, like I, I know that like the NCAA tried to rectify that with right. not having numbers on the back, but you see. A three jersey. I'm thinking Trent Forrest. I'm thinking Trent Forrest All ten day. times out of ten. In my opinion, the greatest player that's ever played at FSU. But hey, you might dispute that. Cole you might not. Right here. Uh, you know, but uh, I, I saw that man win a couple more than a couple games for us. So yeah. uh, I think I can say that confidently. But you know, I see a three jersey. I think Trent Forrest. Trent Forrest. And it's like, you know, if I'm thinking this. I know a lot of other people are thinking oh, this. Everybody's. everybody's thinking this. They're like, oh, man, he's rocking a Trent Forrest jersey. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, why can't Trent Forrest see any of that money? Why did all the profits go to FSU when FSU knows good and well that they're trying to represent Trent Forrest with this number three basketball jersey? Correct. And so I'm saying that at that point, like, I, I definitely want to utilize it. I don't know necessarily how to utilize it right now. I'm trying to educate myself on it because I don't want to overstep any boundaries. I don't want to do anything wrong where I jeopardize yeah, my eligibility. You know, learn, definitely learn, gotta learn, learn the, the rules. rules. Learn what we can and can't do. I think that's the, the first thing. That's the most important that thing. That is. And then go from there. Um, I, I'm sure you've had quite a few of those uh, promotional companies yeah. and people hit you up on Instagram and stuff, as I have. Mm-hmm. Um, not surprising. Yeah, um, not surprising You at know, all. especially, like, you, you know, I had a couple of them. Actually, I had one this morning that hit me up, and, uh, you know, they're like, oh, like, saying all this reputable stuff. Yeah. Oh, you know, blah, blah, blah. Look, they, they, you know, they got 50 followers. It's obvious they made their account last week. Exactly. Like, How reputable can you be? Come on <laughs> You know, it's just like, I think um, 
That is one thing we're going to see early is probably a little bit of scamming. Yes, please um, be, definitely. Please be so doing your research you on these companies. If you are a college athlete or a high, a high school athlete and you're going to go to college, do your research. Yeah. Do it's, it. It's if, it if it's too good to be true, it is. Yeah. Almost all the time. And real, like you got to be with people you trust and still be a skeptic is my best advice. Right. Um, be a skeptic. Yeah. If there's an opportunity to make money, then I'm pretty sure that there's also an opportunity for people to take money from oh, you as well. I'm going to put that on a shirt. Come on now. It's, it's, <laughs> it's, I'm going to put it's, that on a shirt. It's real, man. It's, it's, there's a lot of ways to get this money. And some people do it an honest way and some people are dishonest. And they still, at the bottom line, they both get paid. So be careful out here and do your research. Yes, sir. So, uh... Maybe uh, maybe a T-shirt line or something like that. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. Hey, you know, I, I got a T-shirt press. Hey. Oh, speaking of which, Big Bread Incorporated, we're coming out with uh, we're coming out with some shirts here pretty soon. Yes, sir. Um, some, maybe ha- might have to might have to sign Malik on to um, Big Bread LLC. I'd be uh, I'd be honored. <laughs> <laughs> but um, Malik, thanks for coming on. It was great to have you. Oh, thanks um, for having me. Boy, I think man. I think people. Really be interested in this, especially with these new topics and these new things. Um, technically, this could be monetized um, mm-hmm. <laughs> because uh, it's July 1st, baby. Yeah, it um, is. But uh, yeah, thanks for coming on. Good to have you. Yes, thank you for having me, Wyatt. All right, everybody. That was episode with Malik Osborne. Again, go buy some food from stayinginonline.com. Again, stayinginonline.com. That's, our t- that's today's sponsor. Uh, because I own the thing, you know? Hey, it's pretty awesome, isn't it? Thanks for listening. Uh, I'm going to try to get these out maybe like once a week, something like that. Uh, DM me on Instagram. DM me on Twitter. Say uh, say who you want to have on. Let me know. Tell me. Uh, tell me what I can do better. Uh, tell me what I'm doing really bad and that you why you hate me. Go ahead. It's okay. <laughs> but, um, you know, I, I have a lot of fun doing these, and I'm really glad that you guys like them. And thanks for listening. Have a good one, everybody.